Hi guys, welcome back to Beautiful Chaos. Um, as I said, last time's story was a very, very long story, and I didn't really get into all of it. I touched on a couple of key moments, but um, to tell my full story, it's going to take several episodes, if not more, to even try to explain them so you can see where I'm coming from. But I'm hoping by doing this that it's going to give me a sense of I don't know, well-being, um, getting it off my chest, finally being able to tell every single side of it to someone other than my therapist, I think will be a freeing moment for me. Um, so for tonight's uh, podcast, I'm just going to kind of like shoot the shit and see where my brain takes us because the mind, the bipolar mind especially is a revolutionary one. And what I mean by that is there's so many things going on and so like one thought taking you there and another thought taking you there and I also have anxiety so that makes other thoughts so think of it as a train station like I'm the busiest train station you could probably think of I've got dozens and dozens of thoughts going off at once um and it makes it hard sometimes to be focused sometimes on a single task but usually it honestly helps me by multitasking because then I'm able to do some work or some task in littler time than it would take someone who maybe wasn't bipolar. So sometimes I think of it as superpowers, other times I think of it as complete downers and it really depends on like what end of the spectrum I'm at. I'm usually manic but I can be highly manic I can be just regular manic, and then I can be let's make wrong decisions and try to fuck your life up self-sabotage manic. So, um, there's many, many different sides of mania, and I hate the fact that nowadays a woman that speaks her mind is seen as crazy and bipolar. Um, I speak my mind fully, and it has nothing to do with me being bipolar. If anything, my anxiety and my bipolarness probably make me a little bit, like, not as sure I'm going to speak my mind, but who I am and what my character is like, it doesn't allow me to shut up, which can prove very, very troublesome in domestic violence relationships and toxic relationships. Um, my drug addiction of choice, L-O-V-E, love. I'm addicted to love. Um, I have maybe sex too, honestly. I am um, joining a sex edition class. I'm gonna try to get some Zoom meetings in. Um, and, I, and I say this, and some people like say they have a sex addict problem. And I feel like they just, I don't know, they're just saying it because they think they like sex. Like, I know that I have a problem because I put, not only do I put myself in risky situations for it, um, I probably could have been kidnapped or killed many a times. And I am the one looking for it. So I feel like there's some kind of problem there. And I need to explore it and see if that's also a problem. Maybe that's why I'm not been able to get on the right meds to regulate me. Um, and I'm 34. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of sad when you've been, you know, diagnosed at bipolar at the age of 15. And you're 34 and they still can't get their medication right. Now, mind you, I do it like most bipolar people do. As soon as I started feeling better, stopped taking the medication. Stopped going to therapy. Didn't realize that you actually retrain your brain, which is a very hard process to do. 
and you have to establish value, you know, core values, boundaries, um, healthy habits, being around healthy people. Uh, not everyone out there is your cheerleader, and some people want to be your friend just to take you down. Believe me, I know I've had it happen, and recently, um, it's just you know, uh, yeah, uh, that's how that's the best way I can explain it. Uh, <laughs> that one word sums it up pretty much. Um, you know, some girls glamour to glamorize it, and it, there's nothing glamorous about being bipolar. There's also nothing glamorous about being normal. I'll tell you what, I'll take my bipolar brain over your normal brain any day, and I can guarantee you I can out-debate you in almost any subject, even one that I'm not familiar with. And the reason why I'm so, so cocky about that is... I have certain abilities that I know I ha- are my strong points, and I can recognize those. The sad thing is, is that I undervalue myself because of the faults in me and imperfections, and I accept less pay, less love, less appreciation, less trust, less respect. Uh, the list could go on and on, people, but. The point that I'm trying to get across to is if you are bipolar, if you do have a problem of any mental health sort, uh, go and get help. But no, you got to help yourself too first. You can't just expect them to give you medication and then your life to get better. You got to make an effort to get your life to be better too. Um, And know that it's a very, very, very troublesome process you know you're going to be trying different kinds of drugs trying to figure out which drug is best to stabilize your mental habits to the point where you can function as a quote-unquote normal person in society whatever that is nowadays um but you know I just want you guys to understand that once you get diagnosed with a mental health diagnosis, you see the world completely differently. Because usually before you get that diagnosis, you're told you're crazy. You're told that you're making it up. Stop being a baby. Grow up. Get on with it. You know, something of those nature. And it's really not the case. Like, you could have depression. You could have a major depression. You could have anxiety. You could have panic attacks. You could you could have anything. And sometimes the doctors are not going to diagnose you properly. And you have to do your homework. And you have to get your all into it to get that diagnosis that you know that is, you know, the one for you. And sometimes you don't know it. I got lucky. I went to college for criminal justice, so I got to take a lot of psychology courses. So it helped me really be able to understand the brain. I also took a neuroscience class um, as an elective when I was going for my bachelor's just because I wanted to understand the brain so much more. Um, Sorry, I needed a drink. (laughs) But normally... You know, the brain functions in a certain type of patterns, habits that we instill, embed into our brain. And if you can change those habits, um, you know, maybe not all of them need change. Maybe only a couple are negative, you know, but look inside you and you can do it. Um, I'm sorry that I'm kind of all over the place tonight. Probably should have took my medication before I started this podcast, but I decided to say fuck it and see where it went. Um, now that we're here, hopefully I can, uh, 
go back to the point of the podcast, which was my story continuing it. So I believe we talked about the first time that I was raped, which was taking my virginity. We didn't talk about the second time. The second time happened a little bit later in life. It was closer to me being 18. I believe I was about 16 or 17. I know that I was shy of 18. Um, And so we're going to go with 17. I think that's about right. We were down the beach with a friend of mine and her uncle, um, who liked me, would get us cigarettes and alcohol and weed, all things that her dad wouldn't give us. Um, and she kind of used me to get what she wanted out of him. And it was a really fucked up because this was someone that I considered my best friend who did this to me. And I believed it was my fault because we went over there, I got shit-faced drunk, and then I don't even know what happened because I woke up in his bed and had no clue how I'd gotten there. Um, You know, and I felt like that because of that, that meant that I couldn't talk about it and I couldn't bring it up. But um, I didn't go to the police. I was too afraid. I didn't want my freaking life to be, you know, on front stage and center at the courthouse, you know. Some people, um, and you know, and I feel bad, like I probably should have done something just like I should have reported the first one, but yet again, I blame myself and that's kind of a constant pattern that I see in my life that I blame myself for a lot more things than I probably should even think of doing because a lot of things aren't our fault and that doesn't mean that you get the right to blame people and point fingers. All it means is you need to understand that there's outside circumstances that help shape us and control us and contort us into the people that we are today. Um, other than that, I mentioned my addiction. My addiction started with this guy, John. He was a criminal and he still is a criminal and, you know, good good for him. But um, anyway, the point is, is that uh, I got kicked out of my house for him because I had moved him into my parents' house where I was currently staying to try to help him because he didn't have a house. And he needed to stay down here because his mother had died like five day, within five days of him being back into Delaware. And it was a really trying and traumatic thing. I loved him so much. I would have given my all for him, and I did. I gave him everything, and he took from my parents, and he took from me. And I didn't want to believe that he stole from us. I thought my parents were just saying that to make us break up. And anyway, long story short, after months of paying for and supporting him and trying to get him off drugs and all this stuff, I finally decided to do it. And that drug was heroin. And it was one of my I will never do drugs. And I ended up doing it. And I got addicted to it. And then I stopped doing it. I didn't go to the clinic or anything. I stopped on my own, walked myself down, didn't even use the box and nothing. But then, a couple years, let's say a year or two later, I find my second boyfriend, another J-word, and that was the one that really, really threw me for a loop. I loved him, and the saddest thing is, is after everything he did to tear me down, he actually tore me down to a better person, if that's even possible. All his emotional abuse, physical abuse, everything, all the stuff that he made me do between stealing and thank God he never had me hook or something because I feel like he would have gotten to that. I had to go out and 
who to sign and ask for money one time. I mean, this dude was pathetic. I got locked up for him. It was a big deal. He still is in denial of it, wants to say that it was my shit, and that's what I went down for, and blah, 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 whatever. Anyway, whatever your story is, my story is my story. So, you know, if you're out there, which I know you are, somewhere stalking, lurking, looking, fuck you, asshole. I'm doing so much better without you. And thank you for fucking showing me exactly what kind of man I don't want in my life. Anyway, enough about guys. Even though a guys are really a part of my story, I can name three major downfalls of my life and they're all correlated with men. Is that a coincidence? I think not. I'm codependent and emotionally on men and I will literally do anything and everything for someone who isn't even my boyfriend, just someone that I went on a date with. Like, because that's the kind of person that I am. And I'm working on becoming stronger, less naive, and a little bit more boundaries uh, being applied. And, you know, just really, like, recognizing that, you know, I thought that I valued myself for so long. But then I realized that just because you're dating all these people doesn't make it okay. It's still promiscuous type behavior. And that's really where I'm at right now. Um, I did get out of the mental institution a couple weeks ago, as a matter of fact. And you know what? Best choice I ever made in my life uh, because they did somewhat change my meds. I'm not happy with the weight gain, but luckily I'm going to the gym and I need to start going every day. But I have been going not as frequently as I wanted, but I've been having a lot of stuff going on at home that I've had to take care of that have kind of pushed it all for me. And I'm the kind of girl that I need to go to the gym like first thing when I wake up because if not, I'm not going to go to the gym. I can't be one of those girls that's like, oh, let's meet at the gym at noon. Like, I'm like, oh, no, it's 8 o'clock. I need to go to the gym, like that kind of stuff. So that's usually what I do. But it's really, really hard to actually try to start over with yourself. And this time I'm doing it the right way. Before I thought I had the right way going and I thought because I went without dating someone for a year I was okay. But I really wasn't okay. I was just going through the motions of life. And that's no life worth living. So um, give me one second. I just need to take another drink. I could probably edit this out. But I feel like it's more real like this. Like, I don't need to edit anything. I'm uneditable. (laughs) Editable. Is that even a word? It's probably not a word at all. Um... But anyway, you get the point that I'm saying. But I hope that this podcast helps. Um, That was a little bit more of my story. Maybe over time we'll decide to delve back into it. But I think next time I want to talk about some self-care tips. Like some things that I've been doing that I found that really, really helped me with my mental health. And hopefully it will help anybody else that's listening to this. So if you are out there listening, please like, share, subscribe, whatever the options are to get this out there get this out there girlfriends boyfriends uh pan friends bi friends i had trans friends any friends i want y'all all out there sharing it i hope you guys have a blessed evening and that's all for tonight on beautiful chaos take care ladies and gents bye